Welcome, everybody, to the Yankee Squad, a podcast where we talk all things New York Yankees. My name is Gabrielle Gordon. I am your host. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Yankee Squad. We have a handful of things that we're going to talk about in this podcast today. Um, but first, what, I, what is priority to talk about, and priority for the franchise, is their offseason checklist, what the Yankees need to do and the moves that they need to make Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman, the entire front office of the New York Yankees, it's very important that these moves are made in order to, you know, hopefully push for a 28th uh, World Series title, as obviously the Yankees fell short last season against the Rays. But overall, very inconsistent play from the Yankees last season, in my opinion. Very injury-prone, things that need to be worked on in order to make a World Series appearance Again, because last year's team just does not cut it. So let's just start off with the biggest need for the Yankees. The obvious factor, the obvious star on the team, DJ LeMahieu. A middle infielder, two-time batting champion, gold glove award candidate at second base. I mean, you have to lock him into pinstripes. But clearly, that has not happened yet. It's very worrisome. But LeMahieu and the Yankees did not actually make any progress on the contract extension. So the 32-year-old star is currently a free agent. DJ LeMahieu is a free agent. Now, DJ has said before that he has all the hopes in the world to stay in New York. But if we remember, going back to his time on the Rockies, he said the same thing then. And the Rockies had also allowed him to reach free agency. So LeMahieu is almost certain to decline the $18.9 million qualifying offer because he's he's in search of a multi-year deal, potentially in the ballpark for up to two, three, four years at $20 million per season. But then again, if you re-sign LeMahieu and you keep Glaber Torres at shortstop, you have to start to put these things into account because Torres was a very below-average defender last season, you know, cost us runs, cost us possibly even games at shortstop, and is much more fit to play second base, move back to the original position. So if that's the case, now do you have a spot for a new shortstop? Not saying anything certain, but, you know, potentially Francisco Lindor, if a deal could be made there, perhaps. So with DJ LeMayhew, I mean, I know the Yankees have all hopes in the world to re-sign him, and... I'm almost certain that LeMahieu has all the hopes in the world to resign with the Yankees as well. Um, but then again, they have not gotten a deal put together yet. It's quite alarming for Yankee fans. I'm sure it's alarming for the front office of the Yankees. I'm sure it's alarming for DJ LeMahieu. But the deal needs to be made because he was the clear MVP, the clear star. LeMahieu, he led that team when that team was falling apart, when those injuries happened. He he really stepped up last season. And you you really can't say anything but the fact that he proved himself last season. He proved himself to be the star that they hoped he would be. He's a fantastic baseball player and if it would be it would be really really shocking to see LeMahieu and the Yankees part ways. So I do think that a deal will be made, but you know, then again, things have to get moving. And uh, they have to they have to agree and make some progress on a deal here. So, again, I think LeMahieu has all hopes in the world of staying in New York, and I think New York has all the hopes of keeping him. But we'll see what happens. We we will see what happens with LeMahieu. 
he's definitely, he definitely, he has proved his point on that team. So moving on, let's go on to what the Yankees need next. Obviously, without a question, we need to identify a starting catcher. Not necessarily a need for a new catcher, but this is more of like a mystery because the Yankees believed Gary Sanchez would be their starter for the foreseeable future. But as early as September, Cashman stated that Sanchez was the team's best catching option on both sides of the ball, yet Kyle Higashioka caught five of their seven postseason games, including each of Garrett Cole's starts from September 5th on. Not many people believe that Sanchez is defined by his 2020 offensive line at all. I don't believe he's defined by that offensive line. That offensive line was that he batted 147 with 10 home runs and a staggering 69 OPS+. plus. I don't believe that Gary Sanchez is the player that he showed us last season. We can see what he does. He is a clutch player, but I think... With COVID, with no spring train, with no real spring training. I mean, you had a few of those games against the Mets and all that stuff, the inter squad games and things of that matter. But he's not the player that he showed last season. He is so much more than that. Because since 2017, when Sanchez won a Silver Slugger award by belting 33 homers and 90 RBIs, he's compiled. A 200, 296, and 453 line over 244 games. And he's quite league averaged around 99 OPS+. plus. So the question is, is Gary Sanchez the Yankees starting catcher? Or is Higashioka? Or is somebody else? You know, I hear a lot of people say Gary Sanchez should be traded. Gary Sanchez should not have been offered back. I mean, the Yankees are keeping Gary Sanchez. It's it's true here. It's not a matter of whether or not they're going to keep him on the team. It's a matter of whether or not he's going to be the starter on the team. And based on all the information from Boone and Cashman last season, I do think he's going to start. But I do think also that this is a season for him to prove. This is a season for him to prove. Was that just a really rough time because of COVID, because of the weird schedule changes, because of the shortened season? I mean, no, one has to think, could he have snapped out of it? In, I mean, there's only 60 games. Could he have snapped out of that after that 60th game and, you know, led them to a World Series title? We just don't know. So you really can't, you can't put an answer to it. We're, we'll find out when the season comes around. Sanchez is remaining Yankee. Higashioka will remain a Yankee. So we will see if either of them are the starters or if somebody else is a starter, we just don't know. Um, but with the thoughts in mind and with all the information at hand, it does look like Sanchez is going to get that starting role. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Sanchez. I think he could have very well picked up the season if it didn't end in only 60 games. I think a 60-game season is very difficult to judge a player on. Um, a very weird season. I don't think you can judge Sanchez on that. Based on the amount of talent he's exhibited in the past seasons with the Yankees, you, you can't judge him on just this season. I think the 2021 season will tell a lot about Sanchez and about what is in the future for him and the Yankees, though. For sure, I think this season is a big one for Sanchez to prove his point again. So let's move on to the next offseason checklist that we need to we need to discuss here, and that's a starting pitcher. So having Cole at the top of the rotation is a fantastic start. But for the first time in seven years, the Yankees' starting five does not include Masahiro Tanaka. 
Now, it's very possible that the Yankees could re-sign Tanaka, who pitched to a 3.56 ERA in 10 starts this past year. But the best available free agent pitcher is Trevor Bauer, who posted a 1.73 ERA in 10 starts for the Reds this season. Now, with James Paxton and J.A. Happ, both also free agents, the Yankees' rotation, which Cashman said, quote, was at risk during the playoffs, it's prime for some upgrades. And at present, it projects to feature Jordan Montgomery. We should see some of Debbie Garcia. We should see some Michael King, Domingo Herman. And Luis Severino is also expected to return in June or July after missing all of the 2020 season following the Tommy John surgery that was performed for him in February. So just some current moves that were made with the pitching staff. In this, on December 2nd, the reliever holder non-tendered. Um, right-hander Jonathan Holder was non-tendered and elected free agency. October 30th, they exercised 2022 option on Britain, valued at $14 million. Um, And by doing so, Zach Britton's $13 million salary for 2021 remains intact. If the Yankees had declined that option, Britton could have elected free agency, but they did not. Now, as I did mention, we, we still cannot forget that Luis Severino is, is expected to return in June or July. Um, as we know, he had the Tommy John surgery, sat out for all the 2020 season. Definitely could have impacted us way different if he was able to contribute to that season. But even besides Luis Severino, who is a clear ace for the Yankees, if we had him and Cole... But then you also have Davey Garcia, who produces, and, and the rookie Michael King, or not going to be the rookie next season, but was rookie Michael King, who did improve as much as we would have hoped, but was still a prominent rookie pitcher. The, the rotation could look very positive and could go in a very positive direction. So you can't just base it based on Garrett Cole and not re-signing Masahiro Tanaka if that were the case, because you cannot forget there is still a possibility that Tanaka gets re-signed. So if that's the case, then we could see Garrett Cole, we could see Masahiro Tanaka, possibly Trevor Bauer, although I don't know how likely that would be. We could see Davey Garcia getting a start. We could see Jordan Montgomery, who pitched decent, getting a starts. We can see Michael King getting starts, and Luis Severino. So with that information at hand... Quite honestly, the pitching rotation does not seem like it is flawed as much as we may think. However, time tells the story, and if we don't re-sign Tanaka, if something sets back Severino, if Davy Garcia and Michael King start to regress, and they're not the player that we thought, if Garrett Cole doesn't have his season, obviously that's the risk you take. Again, I I don't think that it's big a problem because we have such talent in our starting rotation that if you play with it too much, you could mess up that starting talent and, and that talent. And I don't think you want to go there. So there are moves to be made and there are moves that shouldn't be made. I think Trevor Bauer would be a fantastic move. And I think every single Yankee fan would be extremely excited if they could make a deal with Trevor Bauer. Then again, though, you still have to remember, we got stars of Garrett Cole. We have Luis Severino. We have Davey Garcia, a rising star. Michael King could be a rising star. So these are things you need to you need to take into account with the starting rotation because I do not think it's all that flawed. 
So moving on to um, a little bit of bad news, although it shouldn't truly affect the Yankees for a long period of time, Gio Urshela underwent surgery uh, last week to remove a bone chip from his right elbow. And with that, the infielder is expected to recover within three months or so. Should be good, but again, you have to take into account setbacks. Uh, The Yankees first acknowledged Urshela's elbow injury in late August, and it required a little bit of time on the injured list. But the uh, surgeon who performed his surgery, Dr. Christopher Ahmad, at New York Presbyterian Hospital said it has gone expected, which is obviously a great sign. So if everything goes according to plan, the Yankees' time frame indicates that Urshela should be ready for the scheduled April 1st season opener against the Blue Jays, though his spring training debut will likely be delayed. So some possible replacements, Miguel Andujar, Tyro Estrada, and Tyler Wade are all among those who could see increased playing time in early camp. But we need to appreciate Urshela because a Gold Glove Award finalist this past year, he certainly proved and provided his excellence and his excellent production since being acquired from Toronto in a 2018 trade. And if we look back at some past season stats, over the past two seasons, Urshela has batted 310, 358, 523 with a 133 OPS plus with 27 homers and 104 RBIs in 175 games. Along with LeMahieu, I mean, you have to appreciate and acknowledge Urshela. He did some phenomenal things at third base last season. He saved a bunch of games, especially one in the playoffs here. He saved a game by an astounding diving play. He is an extremely skilled ball player. And, you know, let's, let's hope that the injury doesn't last longer than the time expected we should see him back in action by the regular season which is always a good sign and that pretty much does it with that information it just you know important info for you all to know if you did not know that Urshela did get the surgery for the bone chip in his elbow everything's going well let's move on so now I want to speak about uh, another player who proved himself on both sides of the field last season, and that man is Clint Frazier. Now, obviously, we at the beginning of the year, before Frazier really started to produce, we saw a lot of flaws in his on-field performance, especially defensively in the outfield, but Frazier vowed that he would permit his on-field performance to speak for itself this past season, and Clint Frazier believes that the mindset that he had produced his success, especially with his selection as a finalist for the American League Gold Glove Award in right field. I mean, when I heard that he was a finalist for Gold Glove, I was I was pretty surprised. I'm not going to lie here. Frazier did not win the award. It was actually issued to Joey Gallo in early November. But reading his name in the AL's top defenders was an acknowledgement enough for him, coming off of a frustrating 2019 season in the field. Frazier said he saw it on Twitter. He told the Yes Network this. He saw it on Twitter. I was caught off guard. I know there was a lot of people out there that probably looking at their phones sideways thinking, no way this guy should be on there. But hey, I found myself on that list. It was really cool. I'm going to admit, and I love Frazier, but I did not think that he should have been on there. I think that offensively, he really did produce. I think defensively, he made some phenomenal plays. 
He made an outstanding layout catch, full-on Superman layout. But when I saw that his name was on the Gold Glove finalist list, I will say, I, you know, it was a little surprising. But then again, the man proved himself. And, and you know, when someone has that dedication and, and that determination to truly prove those haters wrong, to truly prove the critics incorrect, that makes for an extremely successful athlete. And it goes for show. He worked on his craft. He changed his season around. He changed his career around because there wasn't much to say about him in 2019. But we saw how important he was to the Yankees in 2020. And the Yankees could not afford to send him back down. That's how much he proved. Now, he did only play in 39 of the Yankees' 60 regular season games, but Frazier tied for third among all AL right fielders with four defensive runs saved, behind only Gallo with 12, and the Orioles' Anthony Santander with eight. Frazier said that he believes that the improvement stemmed largely from his work with outfield coach Reggie Willits and from also being another year removed from a concussion that he sustained during the spring training of 2018. Now, listen to this. This is quite interesting. Going on to the concussion that he sustained, not many people really take that into account when talking about his shaky outfield at that time, but this is what he says. He said, I was dealing with some of the concussion stuff in 2019, and I was struggling with my depth perception. The bright lights or playing a day game in the sun, how bright it was, everything was affecting my vision. I felt uncomfortable out there, and I know that that was very obvious to people watching. You know, so could he, I mean, we know he's a good player. There's no doubt about that. But could the shaky beginning to his true career, could we chalk that up to that concussion? Obviously, he 2020, that's two years after he sustained the concussion in spring training, he clearly stated that that concussion was a true factor in the the shaky play. And as we could see, he was uncomfortable in the outfield. And then you see such a great improvement. Could that have truly just been it? Could the concussion have just, you know, um, affected everything else? So Frazier is currently projected to be the Yankees starting left fielder alongside Aaron Hicks in center and Judge in right. But Talkman is also in the outfield mix, and Gardner is uncertain to return as a free agent, and Stanton is viewed largely as a designated hitter rather than an outfielder. Frazier said, I feel really good about my position moving forward. Left field has seemed to be a few different people's positions in the, in the last few years. One week it's Gardy, one week it was Talkman, one week it was me. It was supposed to be Stanton when he was acquired. There's a lot of people that have come in and have not held it down. I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to hold it down. So with all that being said, Frazier looks determined as ever to prove that once again, he deserves the starting spot in left field. So Cashman and Aaron Boone believe that the 2020 Yankees were comprised of the right pieces to secure the 28th World Series championship in franchise history. They both use the word cruel to describe the experience of falling short, and the mission is to avoid the same fate in 2021. With such talent, such determination, and, you know, a decent front office and and front staff, the Yankees should have no problem making another playoff push if they use the right pieces in the right situations. 
And again, that falls on Aaron Boone, who many said had a shaky managing season. But with all that being said, if you're a true Yankee fan, you know the talent that's on your team. You know who is good and who is not good. And you know that the Yankees are well on their way to earning their 28th World Series championship. They will for sure continue to be a playoff prominent team. And if the consistency is there, if the right moves are made, if the managing is correct and the players produce like they need to do, I really do think that this season, if it's a full one, if COVID does not affect it, God willing, COVID does not affect it, could very well push their way to another World Series title this season. And that is not bias. That is pure evidence. That is pure facts, pure information. This team is special. Last season did not prove a whole mu- a whole lot because, well, it was a 60-game season. And if if that was half the regular season, and if you had another 60 games after that, you know, the results could have been very different. Very different. So we'll see what happens next season. Personally, I am extremely excited to see the moves that are made within the next couple of months leading up to spring training. I'm excited, but also a little bit nervous because I want to see Deji LeMahieu there. I want to see Luke Voigt. Hopefully he's not traded, which could be a possible speaking topic in the next podcast. Um, I, I want to see the moves that they make, and I want to see what the result will be because regardless, this team is so talented. This team is so skilled. This team is special, and the franchise is special, and we're looking for that 28th win, and we're coming for that title. We are coming for that title, and we're coming fast. With all that being said, thank you all so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Yankee Squad. We hope to bring you more of that Yankee news that you long for day in and day out, and hope you enjoyed listening. Once again, my name is Gabby Gordon, the host. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. See you next time.